Are you an ambitious female looking to create financial freedom through real estate? Then you're in the right place. This is the Building an Empire State of Mind podcast with Carly Grunman and Jennifer Champion. We're two busy moms who are unapologetically ambitious about following our dreams to create financial freedom for our families. Our goal is to help a million moms just like us create generational wealth for their families through real estate. We're bringing you real talk, strategies, and lessons learned from the ups and downs of entrepreneurship while balancing our family lives. We're so grateful you're joining us as you're exactly where you need to be. Now let's get started. I am Carly Grunman. Jennifer Champion is here, my co-host and the wonderful Elena. Thank you guys for coming. So this podcast is new to us and thanks for hanging in there with this technical difficulties. This podcast is to help women in real estate level up with the mindset to build a community with each other. Jen and I met each other and bonded um, about, and even Elena and I did like doing all the things with little kids and having the mom life and like also chasing down a dream in a male dominated industry. And so um, we were talking about how we had such good conversations. I'm like, we need to share this with everyone because other women and men, not just women are having, are ha- have these things. And so, um, so welcome. Thanks for being here, everyone. I'm proud of you guys for doing this. Thank you. Thank it means you. a lot. I've talked with a um, backstory for our listeners, uh, Jen and I had issue like we both were like we're scared to go live and then I we were I was talking to Elena later and all of us I think all of us have been working on doing scary things and just doing it scared and going live and this is something that we all are on the inside at least I know Jen and I are like this is a little bit scary for us but um we're just doing it and our goal is to help a million women at the very least get financial freedom in some sort of way, we know real estate, so we're happy to help through real estate and through, and build a community around that. It it can't just be us alone to do it. So, um, and obviously we're just getting started. So it's, we also want to take you on our journey because we're just getting started right now and we want to get big. So it'll be fun to document it too. So. So Elena, you, look, you've, you've even got Megan saying, look, been looking forward to this. Like, thank you. Oh, Megan, I'm so happy you guys are here. Carolyn's here. Um, we'll have Carolyn on a next one. So, so Elena, tell us about Elena. You are, for those of you, I feel like everybody knows Elena, right? Only in some too. Like I have to be humble and just be like, it's fine. <laughs> like, <yeah>. I know. <laughs> It's a very um, weird, weird uh, concept, but it is. Yeah. Yeah. So, for, so tell me. us about you, what you're about for those of you that may not know. Yeah. I, uh, that's always like a heart. How do you define yourself? Right. Like I'm not going to get too meta on this, but like, so I, I just quit my W2. I think that that is a huge thing. I think, um, I'm really big on like, I think, you know, we can carry multiple identities or whatnot, right? And strengths. Um, But I was formerly a Kaiser medical worker, um, Mm -hmm. pediatric field, and um, just 
that was like really my main um, job for a, a really long time before I got into real estate and got into real estate and got into sub two specifically uh, about a year and a half ago. And that is another whole story in and of itself. But I think more recently, as it related to like quitting my W2, um, it was definitely a process of, I held my identity so strongly on, I am a social worker. Mm -hmm. And I think that even just like, I think women, especially like we hang on to these things of like, I do this and therefore I am this. And I'm like, no, like, yes and no, right? Like we're so much more than, than, than just a role, right? And I think that um, women and especially moms and stay-at-home moms, for example, also can really get kind of get stuck in like the, I'm just a stay-at-home mom. And I'm like, oh my God. Like what happened in our society that you feel that you're just that, right? Mm -hmm. And so for me, like um, I just quit my W-2, but I, I held on to the identity of just of being a social worker for a really long time. Um, and as I explored more of my strengths and how to utilize them, I recognized like I don't want to stay on this as just the only thing I want to do. Right. Um, yeah. And I was taught to like, I mean, there's a even like longer story of this, but with my father, um, both my parents escaped the war um, before it became a communist country in China. And so, of course, it's always like the immigrant story of like they came to America to provide me with a better life. And um, but the mindset that my father raised me to have is find the largest, safest corporation that you can find in your um in your career or in your, your role and in your profession, excuse me, and stay there forever. And that's what he did. He worked at Kaiser, retired after 41 years of working there, started from the bottom, literally climbed up. You know, he was literally like a, a mailboy for, for, um, I'm sorry, for PG&E, not Kaiser. I don't know. I, I was like, I didn't know he worked for Kaiser too. Sorry, PG&E. <laughs> sorry. PG&E. He was like, yeah, he started off as like just delivering mail and then and then so but for him it's like safety. Mm -hmm. Safety safety, right? And so that's yeah. how he raised me is get get a large find a large company, stay there, get the pension, get the 401k, get the all the benefits. Right. And like my I have two young boys, they're four and five. And I stayed in my job for a really long time because I thought, oh gosh, like I, you know, you have to kind of reverse engineer and calculate, well, how much would I have to cover for my family? And it's like $3,000. That's a lot for just insurance. I know. Isn't that crazy? Oh, wow. Just, just insurance. insurance. Yeah. Nothing else. Nothing else. And then with what I was bringing in, like I, if I was working full time, I could make, you know, a comfortable six figure salary. Mm-hmm but I was only working part-time. And so again, just still like these, these decisions and sacrifices. It's so interesting because you had talked about this for those of you that are in sub two may have seen this. If for those of you that aren't, um, Pace talked to, um, Elena about getting that out of the mindset and something that really struck with me, because for those of you that don't know, M Elena is the mindset queen. She is, she does a mindset zoom every, well, it was every Saturday. Now it's every four, every Thursday, Thursday at four. And she helps us like, she's the unofficial sub two therapist. Like she's <laughs> so great. And she's helped so many people overcome. And what Pace said was, cause you had said this on that zoom 
And it's such a mind shift shift set. Mind shift. Mindset. Mindset shift. shift. <laughs> Thank you for helping me talk. <laughs> because you because I get it. Like you're like, that's three thousand dollars. That's a lot of money just yeah. for insurance. And Pace is like, is your freedom and your dreams worth three thousand dollars a month? Like, is that the reason you're going to stay in a job? Like right. because the possibilities are endless for what you can and will do if you put your mind to mind to it. So it's, I think that's the, that's the key though. Yes. Right. And I, it, it's, it's very wild. Like I am not going to pretend that this was, you know, this is easy. It was not an easy decision. Like, yeah. but it's like when you actually break down these words, right, easy or hard or struggle, right? It's like, it really is just like our minds and how we interpret certain things. Right. And so it was a challenging process, but the decision was hella easy. Isn't that crazy? It's, you know what you want, but it's like acting and doing it. Yes. Like taking the action, I think is so, at least for me, it is. It was, and I mean, yeah. I mean, what was that like? Like, because Elena, if you guys go back on Elena's, um, on her, uh, her stories, she, she sent the email to quit live. Was it live <laughs> on, or was it, on it was, it was on, um, sub two. The sub to Facebook. Is that account. where it was? Yeah. I can't remember. Yeah. I know because I didn't want to do it live. And then my parents are like friends with me on Facebook. They're like, what is she doing? Like, <laughs> like dad's like, I've taught you better than this. What are you No, doing? I mean, he's, yeah, that, that is a separate conversation. But yeah, he, yeah. he was disappointed that I didn't tell him. Right. So, um, <clears throat> so I, I, I kind of took down notes because I'm like a planner in terms of processing things. But so just to kind of like highlight how I came to the decision. So the card, so back in October, oh gosh. So back in October, um, Sub2 and Pace, they had their first golden ticket event. And um, I was awarded one of the three sort of biggest go-giver, you know, it was like voted the uh, one of the three most um, biggest go-givers in the Sub2 community, um, along with Tanisha and Danielle Quijano. And so um, Pace wrote a card um, for, you know, and for those of us that know Pace, like he likes to just like audio message everything, right? It's just efficient. So like for him to like sit down and like buy a card and then write on it, I'm like, I'm keeping this forever, right? So so what's interesting though, and now that I think about it is that that was, October was a year from the time that I actually joined Sub2. And so he wrote a card for me and I, I read it um, on the, um, the live that I did in Sub2 when I was writing my re a letter of resignation or email, um, I read this card that he wrote and he said, Elena, you are so badass. Honestly, a card will never be able to convey my appreciation for you and your family. You are a person that the universe is waiting for, waiting for you to step all the way into your purpose. And he underlined all. <laughs> um, I'm so happy to be watching you walk towards that. And like, what's interesting is when I read it in October, um, I was like, what does he mean by waiting, you know, the universe, you know, I'm just like picking it apart. Like, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the universe is waiting for me. What, what is that? Right. Yeah. And like, and so it, it, for me, it was like, like, I, I, I look at Pace as like a father figure, right? Like, and mm -hmm. it, just the presence that he has and the person that he is and 
the way that he could speak into someone's life and just encourage you. And you're just like, oh my gosh, like I've been wanting to feel seen and, and heard in this way. Right. And like, he just does that. He has this ability to see people very quickly and just like bless people in that way. And so I really kind of had this like interesting relationship where I'm like, I just want to make Pace proud. Right. And then when I read that, I'm like, oh my gosh, am I not doing something that is making him fully <laughs> proud? Cause he's the universe is waiting for me. So I was really ruminating over that. Like when I, I took a sort of a sabbatical and like my mom's cancer and my, mm -hmm. I had surgery and everything. And so it was just like, for me, it was a time to just think and process. Yeah. And so that was kind of like one factor, yeah. right. In terms of just really me, like having the space to like think. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I was listening to a podcast um, that Mel Robbins had, and she had a guest on. Um, it was the, if you guys look at Mel Robbins podcast, the date was February 8th and it was entitled like how to find your purpose. So I was listening to it as I was folding laundry as I do every Sunday. And one thing that she talked about was a lot of people struggle with finding their purpose. So like, I don't know, like what career should I take on that would define my purpose? And the interview that she had was with this woman who was on some sort of like cable network TV, something over there. And um, she talks about how she was on live TV and she has a skin condition and her skin was breaking out because she has this type of... Um, rosacea like a skin condition where the makeup that she was wearing wasn't supporting her skin type so it just like it was like a like an allergy that just came and flaring and the producer was like oh my gosh like you need to get off right now blah 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 and they were like shaming her and like, oh my gosh this can't ever happen so what's interesting is that she doesn't come from a cosmetic background she mm -hmm. literally was trying to solve her problem that she felt other people probably would have an issue you know um, having as well. So she created a product just to solve hers yeah. and other people's need. And that like, it's a, it's super powerful because again, she doesn't come from that background, but she was solving a problem mm -hmm. and L'Oreal bought it for like a couple of million billions of dollars. A lot, <laughs> a lot, like yeah. not even just like a few million. It's like, yeah. like one or $2 billion. Yeah. And mm -hmm. something really powerful that struck me was in the podcast, she said, the the girl, the woman that she was interviewing, I'm, I forgot her name. I'm so sorry. But she said, sometimes you're, and Carly, I share this with you, is that um, mm -hmm. It Cosmetics, oh, maybe that's the name, um, is that, thank you, Carolyn, is that she said, sometimes you're, sometimes receiving a no, N-O, you have to really check that with whatever kind of your faith and, you know, kind of faith journey is. Yes. She, I think that she, I think that I believe that she's Christian. She was like, I really had to really check that and ask God whether or not. And she realized she was like that. No. N O was for me. a K N O. It was, ah! a, it, was it was a no that I know what I still mm -hmm. need to do and what my purpose is. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't a no as in a closed door, right? Because when we when we hear no's, we think, oh, I'm not meant to do this, or oh, I'm not blah, blah, blah. But it's like the, the journey of an entrepreneur is you have to build resiliency to actually take the punches of the NO's and really believe that you still K-N-O know your purpose. Absolutely. And that's really hard if you don't know who you are really inside.
and what you want. Right. And so yeah. for me, the, the, the straw that, you know, kind of just tipped everything for me, uh, that was not a re- right idiom at all. <laughs> the straw that broke the camel's back, but that wasn't really, I, anyway, yeah. um, for me, like the, the, the last sort of tipping point for me was I had Vasavi, my um, good friend from grad school. Um, if you find her on Instagram, I think her Instagram handle is uh, my name is Vasavi, I believe. And I am um, Vasavi, isn't it? Oh, I'll is put it I it am Vasavi? Oh, thank you. Um, that yeah. my good friend she Vasavi, she's uh, she wrote a book called Say It Out Loud, and um, she, yeah, she's just a dear friend of mine from from Columbia Grad School, and she said in the mindset zoom that we had in, in sub two, she said, you can never make a wrong decision. And for me, it was like that. I felt like that was just my K N O. That was my no K N O that I just need to do this. Right. Like these culminating things, these factors. Right. And so it's like, I think sometimes, you know, for all those that might be listening and, and will listen and really are trying to understand like what their purpose in life is, or if they're trying to make a big decision, it's like, I'm really big on, I actually was, I literally stayed up last night and I think one book that if I, you know, I would love to write a book one day, but um, one book that I want to talk about is find the evidence. And Carly, you and I have talked about this, right? And find the evidence. And I actually, I was like, what do I want to call it? And I was like, I want to call it facts, right? Because like, that's like a (laughs) trendy word right now. Facts. It is. As the kids say. Yeah. As the kids say. (laughs) And it's like, but it's like, find the facts, find the evidence. And it's like, there's there's enough evidence that was really pointing towards that I need to do this mm-hmm. or, or just that I have permission to do it. Right. Yeah. So, um, and it's, and it's so huge. We, and I was just talking about this with you yesterday. I think I put something on my stories where it's like, I had, I had a big thing. I have a goal. One of my goals, I really want a sprinter camper van to travel around the Pacific Northwest with my little kids I mean, we can do motor homes, but it's just smaller and more compact and easier with little kids. And I was so close to two, so close, like that close. And both of them fell fl- through. I want to get it creative. I don't want to like go to a bank. To- I could go to a bank to get it, but I want to get it, it creative. And so, and it's kind of what you were saying. It's kind of like you sent me something yesterday along those lines of like what's meant to like sometime it is whatever you believe in God, the divine, your angels, like not getting religious, but if whatever this higher power is that you believe in, it's just like, it's not meant for you yet. It could be for something bigger. And I think that's like you were saying as a entrepreneur, I can't say that word either. You know, it's things go up and you're like, yeah, things are awesome. And then they dip and you're like, everything's falling apart. I quit my job. I I'm bleeding, you know, and then it's like, okay, it's coming up. And nobody ever sees that either. And it's like the nose, it's just like, but if you keep it, it's slowly, steadily going up to your goals. And I think that's so important for us to remember, especially me, because we, I think we all struggle with rejection and nose and it's such a good mindset shift that that you're like, it's K-N-O-W. Yeah. There's yeah. a way to look at it. And I think that's super huge for all of us. Yeah. And so. I have to give a shout out to my husband, Kirk, who is on here. Like, oh, I, I think that it's really, oh gosh, like when we think about taking a journey mm-hmm. to the unknown, right? Like, 
I think a, another huge part of, of me making the, I mean, just a, obviously a very huge part was really seeing whether or not my husband would support me in this. Right. And like Kirk is so supportive on everything. And, and, and so, <laughs> yes, that's what I'm trying to get at, babe. <laughs> um, he is incredibly, incredibly supportive. And yeah. like, he really challenges me because I'm such a planner and he's like very spontaneous. And so, and I like, I'm the one that kind of like balances the budget, you know, so to speak um, in our family. And I'm just like, how are we going to do all these things? Right. And he's just like, don't worry about it. It'll happen. And like, mm -hmm. Every day I try to tell him, thank you for working so hard. And I try to encourage my boys to say that too, because everything just comes, everything comes at a cost and a sacrifice. And another re really huge reason for me, um, obviously, as it relates to being a mother is that um, part of the decision of me leaving my W-2 also was um, I've been working from home during the whole pandemic. Like I, I, I'm able to have a job where, or I was able to have a job where I can just call my patients, right. And, mm -hmm. and, and help them from there, um, from home. And so they were moving towards, well, you need to come back into the, to the clinic into the, I mean, it's not a hospital, but it's a clinic. And so I asked them, I said, is there any way to do some type of hybrid? And they said, unfortunately not, you know, we, we really want to, you know, the, we weren't, we're trying to normalize everything back again. Um, and it's like, so in my mind, I'm like, why? Because I'm just such a why person. I'm like, why? It doesn't make any sense, right? And so it's like a lot of people, this is another thing that I really want to help people understand is that we all have the power to choose in our lives. And a lot of times people say, I can't make this decision. I have to do this, mm -hmm. right? Or even that they should, right? That I should do this. And it's like, I'm not there. There is no judgment that I have for people that have jobs, right? Absolutely. Because um, it's like that's everyone's own journey. I can't like I'm not, it, unless I'm paying your bills, I have no say, right? Exactly. And so for me, it was like I I I just came to a crossroads, right? Right, with so many different factors, right? Like you know, pace writing in that car and the and the podcast and Vasavi and and one day my boys just randomly like just gave, they ran up to me and gave me a hug during my lunch break at home. And I thought about going back to work. Um, and I was even only working part-time, like I, you know, like, and, but for me, it was like, in that moment, I slowed everything down. And I'm really big on like, let's slow down the process to really yeah. think about what's going on so that we don't be, feel a victim to our choices and our decisions. So I slowed everything down and I said, do I want to give this up? Do I want to give up the opportunity to be able, uh, we have a nanny, we hire a nanny um, and she's amazing. Um, shout out to Rebecca Reed. Like she's an amazing, amazing human being who loves our children um, to the point where I don't have to worry about whether or not they are not even just receiving their basic needs, but they're thriving. Like she's teaching them things that, you know, we want to teach our kids, but we're choosing to kind of put our time in growing the business for now. Right. And so um, I just made the decision. I said, I don't, I don't want to give this up. Right. So everything comes at a sacrifice, right. It's like these, these decisions. And it's like, uh -huh. for me, I, I really, I felt like I don't want to give up the privilege to see my kids 
And it comes at a sacrifice. It comes at the sacrifice of my comfort level and my family's comfort level that I won't have a predictable income. I know. It's so scary, especially as a mother. And like, you're like, it's one thing if it's just you. You're like, oh, yeah. I'm good. I'm good. Me and my dog or something or like me. And but it, right. it, And I remember <laughs> I was at the, you were at the mastermind too. I, I don't know if you were in my breakout group. So when I was in the mastermind at Pace's, last June. Oh my gosh. It's almost been a year. And I was like, I want to quit my job. I worked for Alaska airlines at the time. And I mean, the, the benefits are nice. You get to jump on a plane and go wherever for pretty much just whatever the taxes cost, you know, and they have the medical and everything. And, and I remember Eddie, um, bash bros, Eddie, why can't Marin? Marin? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. I'm butchering his name. He's like, he's just standing back there and he's just like, why don't you just quit? Like, just do it. And like, so he, we are in two different places in our life. I have, um, and there's no judgment to where anybody is, but for him, he's a single guy, no kids. You know, he, um, we have similar backgrounds. He was working at a dealership. I'd worked at a dealership before. And so he just did the jump and do it, but it's a completely different thing. And Carolina Allen was like, she can't just quit her job. She has two little kids at home. I had a one-year-old and a five-year-old at the time or four-year-old. And it's, it's a mindset shift for other people, I think too, because they're just like, why don't you just do it? And we're like, it's a bigger, not that you can't just do it, but it's also a mindset shift, I think too. And I think you need, and I know, I don't even think we need the, especially people that have little kids. I feel like going into a male dominated industry already we already have the mental load of motherhood that men don't carry. They, it's like, is the kid, is the doctor appointment scheduled? Do we have the nanny coming? You know, you have all that thinking ahead and planning. And so you have that extra stuff. But, um, and that's where we all, I've talked about this with you, Elena, and you, Jen, community is huge. I was talking to Elena the other day and she's like, I think it, it would be such a cool idea one day to have like, live on a big land and you have a community of people like you don't all have to live together but like you have on acres and you can be like you know what let's just all get together on Sunday and jump on the trampoline and barbecue and it's just like that in life you need a community to fall back on when um you know because times get tough and you have to have that mindset shift and I've leaned on both of you so many times where I'm like, I can't do this. I can't go live. And you guys have may have seen me and Elena go live. And she was pulling me. She's like, you got this. I don't like doing this either. But it's not so scary when you do that and you have somebody. And that's what our goal with this podcast was. is like, let's do the damn thing together and help each other. And it's we're not alone. And, and we shouldn't be. We should have our village. So, and, and more so about like, not just going live, but just like being able to be a mom and chase your dreams. Carly and I had talked about this too, just similar to your husband. Our husbands are very supportive and we would not be here right now doing a podcast or, you know, where we are in our real estate careers without our husband. So I, I always say like, he's at home with the kids, but he's not just at home with the kids, right? Mm -hmm. Like the, it's, it's a team sport and we would not be where we are without them either. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's really what I was referring to um, going back to just a support system. I'm huge, 
huge, huge on, and I'm really, I actually try to implement that in my coaching as well, where it's like, I think, I think Carly, you and I were talking about this yesterday where it's like, we, so many of us go through life just on autopilot. Mm -hmm. And then we wonder why we're not happy with certain things in our lives. And right. a lot of my coaching is revolved around bringing about awareness and really helping people understand that ultimately they have the power to choose. And I don't ever want people to think, oh, I had to do that. I had all these different things because it's like, that's not really how life is, is meant to be lived in that way. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like, I have an incredible husband and if you don't have the support of your spouse and yet you're trying to do something, you also have a choice. And the thing that I really want to kind of drive home with that is I, again, being the unofficial, you know, therapist of sub two is that I, I experience hearing a lot of stories of people suffering in their relationships. And it breaks my heart because foundationally, like that is one of the most important things for me. Like if you have kids, if you don't have kids still, it's essentially what you're doing is that you have a support system and there is some level of neglect that's going on and it's creating tension. And then you're trying to pursue entrepreneurship, real estate, all these things. And then if you don't actually have that support, the alignment and the connection, and then people are like, my, my, my real estate journey is suffering, right? Mm -hmm. Or think about how much mental energy you're spending trying to do all the things in your business, but you're suffering because you're worrying about the relationship. And it's like, we kind of have, like, we have the order a little bit mixed up because a lot of people think if I just achieve the financial comfort and wealth for my partner, my spouse, right? Then all the stress will go away. And in my mind, I'm like, maybe the stress will go away or the relationship will go away. Yes. And when you slow down the process, you actually have to ask yourself, oh, thank you, Lori. You have to ask yourself, is that something that you're willing to sacrifice? Because the reality is, is that it can be something that you'll lose. Like how many, how many like successful people do you know where you're like, oh, you know, they're on their umpteenth marriage and I'm not judging divorce per se, right? But what I'm trying to do is I'm really, really, really big on awareness and prevention. And awareness and prevention require, which is one of my favorite words that I'll like, I'll, it's, it's one of my pillars, right? Is like intentionality. I love it. Yes. And, and so it's like people, people are trying to do these things and it's like, if I just create, and it's like, no, because the thing that you actually need to have the most is that level of alignment and connection with your support systems mm -hmm. in order to thrive and do all those things. Right. Absolutely. So it's like I might not be at the X amount of wealth that I have financially, but I am I am an abundant multi-billionaire trillionaire when it comes to my relationships. Mm -hmm. And I'll bet okay. that against anyone. Right. Like and that's why I feel so confident in who I am that I can quit my job because I'm like, I have the support systems in place. So huge. huge. Yeah. I think they're under under appreciated of how huge it is to have a foundation of support and a good relationship with people in your lives. If it's a partner or a husband or a wife, you know, right. It's so huge. And, and um, 
Go oh, no, good. No, you. Well, so I, but I wanted to highlight like your guys's relationship too, because, you know, Carly, when I was, you know, kind of talking to you about certain things and I said, you know, one thing that I, in terms of going back to the finding the evidence, right. And I, and I kind of encourage you to do this one exercise where I said, reach out to your closest tribe and ask them to affirm you. Right. And so I actually, Jennifer, I would love to hear from your perspective because I never actually get to hear like the person that is actually delivering the affirmation. I asked well, Jennifer. No, really? I thought it was part she had to tell you. Well, she did, but I didn't oh. hear from you how it was oh. for you. Right. Because, and this is like, I would, this is actually really fun for me. I would love to hear from you being the recipient of, of such a request. Like, what did that, like, just, can you share a little bit of like what that felt like for you and, and like, you know, how easy it was to affirm Carly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I would love to hear a little bit of, of your, your kind of experience in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I was honored that she asked me and it's definitely easy to say a laundry list long of things that yep. I admire about her and appreciate about her as well. I yeah. love it. Right. It's so hard easy. though. It's yeah. hard for us to do this. And I didn't you say you've got a coaching? Didn't you say a lot of people had a hard time doing this with the people that you've done this before? Yeah. And Jasmine's on here. Shout out to Jasmine. She was one of the people, and she sent me an audio message, and I actually 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 Played sent it. it back to you. But it's so good for us because we don't. I'm not saying everybody's the same, but I read the statistic and I don't know if it's true, that we think people like us less than they actually do or that they believe in us less than they actually do. And so I, th I challenge every single person watching this, go find your two people that you feel comfortable and vulnerable with and do it over text or something so you can go back and you can hear those or see those when you're having those, those tough days. Yeah, but I, so... I, Carly, I just want to highlight though, like that Jennifer said it was so easy and that she was honored. That's crazy. Carly. I was like, pick <laughs> out the Elena's like, it's just so, and this is one of my goals this year is just be comfortable in the uncomfortable. This is why we're doing, this is why I'm here. Like this is not, but it's just so weird for me because I'm a hype, I'm an independent person. I am hyper independent, which is probably a toxic trait of mine. Like, I got this. I got, I don't need, and I feel bad. And I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, not everybody might be like, Hey, you want to tell me how great I am? It's okay. Okay. No, 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 no. So but let's, weird. okay. Let's, I want to slow it down though. This is, this is really like, I want to slow it down. Um, Jennifer, if you, let's say that I encourage you to do this assignment, right? And, or actually let's even forget the assignment itself, right? Cause the whole purpose of an exercise is to get you to do it without someone forcing you to do it. Right. So, oh, Reagan, we love Hi, you, Ray, Ray, Ray. Um, so Jennifer, let's say that you were like having just a rough, maybe week. Right. And you're just like, I need, I, I, I I'm just a little bit weak right now. And I need someone to remind me. Right. So if you asked Carly, right, let's just yeah. let's just assume that like you would feel comfortable enough to do so. Carly, how would you feel if Jennifer asked you to do it? I like she said, I would feel honored. I would feel so happy. I'm a hype girl. I'm like, let's get 
for real. You're, you're <laughs> the badass you are. And I try to do that to people. I like, you know, I feel like people need to know how great they are. Okay. They do. So, but yes, right. You're right. You're right. right. So you guys share the mutual reciprocated sentiment and feeling that you would feel honored and want to do it. Mm -hmm. Right. So the question, the root of the concern and the issue in our minds is why don't we feel the permission to do that or that we deserve to do that? Deserve. Yes. Right. Why? Why are we like this? And it's like, again, in my coaching, it's like question everything. Where does it come from and why? Mm -hmm. And maybe in our environments that we grew up in, we didn't, we saw our parents being independent and strong and, and then it's like, oh, but they also don't have friends, right? <laughs> or like yeah. a strong support system, or they didn't achieve the things that we want to achieve, right? It's like, again, it's not blaming our parents, but it's like, Carly, I, I think I've told you this a lot too, is like, you've achieved so much with what you were given, mm -hmm. right? And so a lot of like what I talk about in my coaching is you've reached incredible heights, but you want to go higher and higher, right? So every, all the tools that you've had thus far got you really high. Yeah. Right. But the, the ceiling that we hit is that there are some tools that no longer serve us. Mm -hmm. Right. Mindsets, mindset patterns these certain lies and beliefs that have taken root based on traumas or things that we've heard from our parents and surroundings as kids. So the part of the awareness is understanding that it no longer serves us, but we're on autopilot and we're like, Oh, I don't know why I'm, I can't get to these heights. Mm -hmm. Whereas like in reality, it's these things that don't serve us are impacting us to get there. So I, I, I like to use the analogy of like, if you're a rocket, right, you've got these like boulders of these mindset, these lies, these things. And it's so like, true. you recognize that these are the things that are holding you back. And you're like, just trying to like, sh you know, like, get to the next level. And we and, and then it's difficult, right. And so a lot of my coaching is revolved around like, okay, so what are those things that are holding you down? And you made a really good analogy kind of going with what you just said to me yesterday when we were just talking on the phone and you're like, I'm like, this is just so gross. Like, it's just so not me, you know, just to put myself out there and be like, Hey, everybody come look at me, you know? And you had talked with me. I think that's kind of how our, our friendship evolved is you're like, Carly, you have so much there. Like you're a confident person underneath. Like I'm a confident person. It's not like I'm, I, you know, it's just a weird thing. And what Elena told me, and it's a great analogy, sometimes with mindset, it's like, you know, in Finding Dory or Finding Nemo where there's yeah. that fan yeah. and it's spinning, but it stops because there's this tiny little pebble in pebble. there. Yeah. And that was such a good analogy. And I wanted to share that with everybody. Like you need to take that pebble out so that fan can just. And so yeah. I think that's, that's a perfect analogy of mindset. Yeah. And, and how it can help you propel forward. For sure. Um, I want to talk about your coaching because we've talked you quit your W2 to pursue 
therapeutic coaching, right? Yeah. Will you talk to us about that? Like, tell us about how, like, wh- about where we can sign up, how all about it, and what you're doing with it, and your goals with every with everything with that. Yeah, thank you for yes giving me the opportunity to share about it too. Um, so I need to put this on my Instagram, but my website is elenamethod.com. And, um, so the reason why I call it therapeutic coaching is because, um, and I, I was like processing with Carly cause she just has a marketing um, background and I was like, should I call it therapeutic coaching? Should I not? Should I call it mindset coaching? And I was just struggling with it. But, um, I really, I'm really kind of living out that part of the identity, if you will, of a part of my coaching business, because, with my background, so I have, um, you know, undergraduate undergraduate degrees in sociology and psychology and social behavior. Um, I have my master's in social work. I have an LCSW, which is just a fancy uh, four letters that mean that in addition to my master's, I have like 3,000 hours of supervision um, with meeting with patients and clients and then also receiving supervisory support and ensuring that I'm delivering appropriate um, services to patients and clients. And then I had to take a very rigorous, difficult test um, that allows me to diagnose, but I don't want to diagnose, right? I think that I took a class in my sociology um, in my sociology degree where they were talking about labeling theory and how like that can really essentially, it could benefit, but it also, it, also, it can also limit people and pigeonhole people. And so it's like, they talked about like why labeling theory became a thing because I think our minds, they all, we always want to like put people in boxes, categorize, right? We're like we want to be able to have predictability of how to relate to people and all that stuff, right? So that's why stereotypes come into play and all these other things. But it's like, I think that there's such a danger in, in labeling people. Anyway, so I was like, so I could take a path where it's like, I, I can start my own therapy business, right? Some people, a lot of people do that. Or I can do my own coaching, right? But I'm like, I have, so so the therapeutic was like, I want to merge the two. I'm not diagnosing people, but so much of what I want to accomplish in my coaching is to empower people, is to help people to live with greater confidence. And, you know, we've kind of been alluding a little bit to this um, in this interview that part of the struggle of people finding confidence is that they believe in lies and false perceptions of who they are, right? When we talk about identity and all these things, is that they can't live in a deeper confidence because these lies and these traumas and things that have happened have taken root. So they don't feel that they're as deserving or they don't feel a certain, you know, a, a certain way about themselves that they that they should. So that because they've believed in this lie. And so a lot of my the therapeutic part of my coaching is to identify those things. Right? Really looking deep into again intentionality awareness, right? So it's like I really, I have these assignments, these exercises that help them look really deep down into what are some of the potential stories and reasons that have taken root of these lies that have created a, a false um, self-perception of themselves. And then the other process is once we've identified those things and we're working on uprooting them and, and clearing them out, then I'm really trying to help them understand, well, these actually are your strengths, right? Because a lot of people are like, what are my strengths? What are my strengths? What are my strengths? But then the lies are still there. And so it's like they can't fully, fully, fully see and have clarity on what their strengths are if the lies continue to like really Mm -hmm. 
reveal themselves, right? Because the lies happen the most when we're triggered. And it makes us confused of like, wow, but I thought these are my strengths. But then it's like you're triggered. And then it's like the, the lie just like comes smacking forward. And then so we kind of true. get confused, right? And like of who we are. So that's really a lot of my process in my coaching is a lot of people are like, oh, strategies and roadmaps to success. And like, you know, all these, like, I need to find my clarity of my why. Like all of that is amazing. And it's really, really important. But the analogy that I like to use, and forgive me if it's a little crass, is like, I think that if people are so focused on the outer strategies of things, right? Like trying to find like the clarity and the roadmaps and, and, and building habits is like, to me, it's like putting whipped cream and cherry on top of a pile of poop. Right. And it the is. pile of poop yes. is not us. The pile of poop is the, the lies. Mm -hmm. Right. So it's like, we're just trying to dress up, you know, and like put it on top. But it's like, no, you actually need to clear out all the BS that we operate in because the BS is what actually drives our behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. For better, or for worse. Like a lot of people have like self-sabotaging behaviors. They do. Right? They really do. And I don't feel like they do it consciously either. It's, it's not, not a conscious. It's not like it's not. It's you. You need to get to that pile of poop and just remove right. it, which is exactly. so huge. Right. Yeah. Even Misty, Misty saying like, yeah, that it sends her in a spiral. That is very, very common, and we're mm -hmm. not aware of it. Mm -hmm. And that's so true. Like that was just a, a very big aha moment for me because something that triggers you. And that's why you got to do the work and work with somebody that knows it. Like the, to the, these days, there's so many like Instagram coaches and gurus. And there's always someone, you know, that's like, I'll tell you how to lose weight in like 45 minutes. And they're like a college kid with like the metabolism of an eight-year-old, you know, like, <laughs> and they like have no, no business telling people exercise stuff. So I think that's also what sets you apart is you you have actually studied and and Ivy League education and you have taken the tests and somebody that knows all this has said Elena is legit she knows her shit like so i think that's what also sets you apart and why i think just being your friend <laughs> has helped <laughs> me which i i'm so grateful for you know getting rid of that pile of poop and just throwing it out Yes. The window. Yeah. And, and like, I, I love seeing the process of like empowering someone to do so. Right. Like, I think that, you know, you've, you've been experiencing this, like, and that like for you to do this is also just like throwing away the pile of poop because you're no longer believing th those things. Do you know what I mean? That's why I'm so proud of you guys for doing this because yeah. I'm not saying that like proud, meaning I have any sort of blah, blah, blah. Right. Like I, it's just more of like proud in that, like I'm cheering you guys on. And I'm so yeah. excited that you guys are doing something that makes you feel uncomfortable, right? And it's like, it's the the discomfort. I'm really big on like feeling the feelings. It's if you huge. Have, if you it's have huge. kids, I would really encourage you to never tell your kids, you know, you're fine, just get over it or suck it up, right? It's like, I'm really big on feeling the feelings because I think mm -hmm. it's really important, right? So like, this is one example that I'll, that I'll give. So in my background, I, as a, as I used to do, I used to be a family therapist and um, in my studies and like just child development, right? So one really, really big thing um, as it relates to our, our 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 identity and the ability to kind of feel like we have 
um, resiliency, right, is child attachment. So I've talked about this before, like, what is child attachment? Who who cares? Like, and a lot, oftentimes we'll say like, I'm an adult, I should know these things, I should figure <laughs> it out, right? Carly, right. right? So we've, we've, we've talked about this, and I feel the same way. It's like the frustration, right? So, but what, as it relates to child attachment, the reason why it's so important is, I, I kind of shared this like cycle, right, of, of child attachment, where it's like, as a baby or a child, um, the natural attachment or healthy attachment cycle should be that a child is crying because they're they're in discomfort. the The parent figure, you know, let's just say mom, for the sake of it, is the mom hears their cry, goes and tends to their need, mm -hmm. right? And then they're okay. Why are they crying? Especially when they're babies and they can't actually verbally communicate. It's like, why are they crying? So it's like, they're hungry. Maybe their diaper is wet. Like something is causing discomfort. So they, they hear their cry, they tend to their need and then they're, they console them. And then what happens is that it actually builds a healthy level of trust where the mm -hmm. child, the, the child can recognize I cried. I had a need. I had someone comfort me. Therefore, then I could return back to sort of normal behavior, which is doing whatever, right? And then that the stronger that that pattern happens, right, in a caregiver and a child relationship, the stronger the child, when becoming an adult, has the ability to ask for help, has the ability, <gasps> right, has the ability to trust people, right? So when I hear people, I don't, I can't trust people easily. I'm like, okay, there's something there, right? Like, let's go, like if they yeah. want to. Right. Yeah. And so all of that to say that like that process is really important because that really shapes our ability, our ability to see ourselves clearly, to have an identity, right, of like confidence. And really it's it's rooted in like care and love, but also what that does is that helps the the child develop their own ability to self-regulate their emotions. And so mm -hmm. going back to like why feeling the feelings is really important, right? Is that if you tell your child, you're fine, you're fine, you're actually overriding their ability to actually under, for, to help them to understand how to regulate their own emotions. Because they're like, I have an emotion, but I was told by my parent to just suck it up and ignore it. So it doesn't, my emotions don't matter. Yeah. Right? And then they go through life and they have these emotions and they're like, I need to push through them. Uh -huh. And then guess what happens? They develop anxiety. They develop all these other sort of like disorders, right? But it's just, it's like, so a lot of my studies and my work is really revolved around like, it's because you lacked that. And so a lot of also part of my coaching is to teach them to also reparent themselves as well. And it's like, there's a process that you can do that as an adult, right? And it sounds silly, but it's like, there is a, there is a process. And so like, that's why I'm really big on like, feel the feelings, because it's huge. other like why why else was there a book that you know uh, I, I forget what what exactly his um, title is, but he wrote this this person wrote a book called um, The Body Keeps the Score. That's a good one. I've heard I've heard a lot of good things about that one. Yeah, and it's it's like it it's because somatically right psychosomatic means emotional, and then you you feel it in your body. Somatic is really the manifestation of the internal emotions lived out in your body. So that's why we have all these like, you know, ailments because we as a society lack the the understanding of how to process our emotions. I feel we like I just learned 
so much. <laughs> Thank you. No, isn't she amazing? I told you she's going to drop diamonds and she's going to blow your head off of like connecting all the dots. Every time I talk to her, she's got, she's got some. Yeah. Sort of, Thank you. I, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate it. I love it. And it's so important, especially as moms of young kids to remember that. I feel like I didn't realize that that was, I mean, I, I could, it was just good reinforcement to remember that because I have a two-year-old, Blake is yeah. two, Rory is six, and she's yeah. a feeler. I'm an I'm a feeler too. I'm in a, I feel my emotions. Um, yeah. <laughs> and she is the same That's way. where she got it from. <laughs> just that's where she got it from. And I think she picks up on other people's emotions, which yeah. I do too. Yeah. But it's so important to feel the emotions. And it's a good reminder as us with as parents. Well, so I, I really want to like also highlight this one thing too, because yeah. Like I have one kid that's like a very strong feeler, right? And and then I have another kiddo that's just like he's a little bit more like Kirk, where she's just like, oh, feelings, what? You know, like <laughs> <laughs> I love you, I love you, Kirk. Um, but one one tip that I could um, recommend for those of you that have strong feeler kids is it's important to help them to recognize that they have feelings, right? But if you have strong feeler kids, um you also have to teach them how to regulate their feelings, mm -hmm. right? Because yes. otherwise it's like yes. everything is a, is a huge, huge deal. And that is not necessarily healthy either because then it's like oh. everything is really like blown out of proportion, right? So it's like, how do you kind of help them to regulate? So this is a practice that I do with my, with my son, who's the strong feeler, is that um, he he's, you know scrapes his knee, for example, right? He's running, scrapes his knee. And he's like, ah, just like wailing, right? Just like, and then um, the natural inclination that a lot of us want to do is like, if he's not bleeding, right? If, if your kid's not bleeding, it's like, you're fine. You're fine. Just, you're fine. Just shake it off, right? We want to distract them. We want to do all these things, right? So what I do is I pick up, I pick my son up and I'm like, oh no, like, you know, like I'm, that, that looks like it hurt. It did hurt. It did hurt. And they're wailing. Right. And I'm like, okay, let's take a look. Right. Let's take a look. And I'm like, and then I look, I'm like, okay, let's take a look. Where did it happen? Right. Cause you want to address like where the pain is. Right. So there's the emotional pain and, and you're acknowledging that. And then you're acknowledging the physical pain and like, look at the knee. Oh. And then you, you know, you pull up the pants. Okay. It's, it's not bleeding. It's not bleeding. Look at that. It's not bleeding. <sighs> right. And they can kind of slow down a little bit. Um, and then because what you want to do in terms of regulation, right, is you want to match the level of emotion to the reality of like what actually happened. Right. So there's like kind of like the, the emotional, like, you know, I don't want to call it trauma, but like the emotional scare. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're acknowledging that by addressing it and you're, you're, you're attending to them but then if the if it's just a scrape and it's not bleeding right then you actually have to help their emotion in their in their minds regulate and say oh like in my in my emotions in my brain i'm registering that that pain is not to the point where like i need to go to the hospital or get surgery or get stitches mm -hmm. right and then you're like okay hey buddy like it's it's not actually bleeding you know, how are you feeling? Oh, it still hurts. Okay. Do you want some ice? Right? Like, what could we do? do I can put a bandage on it. And I'm like, I, I can't tell you how many boxes of bandages I've gone through, right? Like we're <laughs> we literally, there's no bleeding. Yeah. And it's like, literally they solve everything. Yeah. We and it's like, they, they're really, 
Yeah, they're they're really big into Pokemon right now. So I bought like Pokemon bandages, like, um, and so it's like, and so I put the bandage on, and it's like, and the other thing that I'll do too, right? If they're like still hyperventilating, is, and it, like this is really big on like, um, the reason why skin to skin interaction with an infant is really important is because you're helping that your newborn to regulate their own bodies as well, right? That's why like when the baby comes out, if you're fortunate enough, right? Like if you didn't have to have a C-section or whatever, like skin to skin interaction is really important because you're actually helping to regulate. So what I do to my son, if he still is like just feeling the feelings really hard is I'll actually say, can I hug you? And what I'll do is I'll actually breathe with him because he's like, <laughs> right? And so I, I said, can I, can I give you a hug? <laughs> right? And it's like, <laughs> right? You, we all know that our kids do that when it's like, you know, they're hyperventilating. And I'm, I hug him, right? And it's like the hugging actually creates safety. Yeah. And I, and I say, take deep breaths with me. Right. And I'm slowing it down. I'm slowing their process down because I'm reminding them that they're safe and that they're okay. Right. And it literally, it works. And also another thing that I've added too, sometimes if like they're, you know, crying and they don't want to hug is I'll sing a song to them. And that slows down their process as well. Right. Because it's like a comfort trigger where it's like, they're okay and they're safe. And for some odd reason, my son loves the song happy birthday. <laughs> So does Blake. Really? That's, That's interesting. So funny. Yeah. I think it's because they might like the center of attention. But anyway, so I just, that's like a little, you know, tidbit that I would love to share with you guys um, that I'm really big on because child, like parent child attachment is really, really, really important. Um, but yeah. Thank you. Yeah. And that's a good lesson for all of us because yes. I have a feeler too. And I'm a feeler, so I get yes, it. Yes, I am too. So she gets so, it's such a good reminder as a parent because I'll do some of that, but I won't do all of that. And it's good too. You made a really good point. Like you need to nip that in the bud because you don't want everything to be a big deal later. Like yeah. know how to regulate your feelings. And it's none of right, us. When we're adults, it's a harder process to do because we're like, we should know it by now. Yes. And then you have these strong feelings and you're like, I don't know how to process these things. Right. And so it's yeah. like, if you actually walk through that, that's why like going back to one of the things that we were talking about earlier of like reaching out to your support systems, mm -hmm. that huge. is also right. Like I, Carly, I told you that when I had the scare of like needing the biopsy, like you were the one of the first person I reached out to. Oh, right. I'm like so honored. Right. And so it's like, like you were honored. Right. But turning, reversing, right? If you were in need, I don't want to reach out to people, right? You're going to go through that. I get that. I get that. <laughs> yeah. So, I think that, yeah. You have two very amazing people right here with you. Yes. That are willing to support you. I have so many amazing people and I'm so grateful for all of you. And it's, it's huge. It's so huge. It is. We were talking about this yesterday. It's literally make or break. It's life changing yeah. to have that support system in that community where you feel safe enough to be like, I'm going through a really scary thing. I need you. Here's what you could, here's what I need. And I remember you telling me this when we were on the phone for a while, you're like, I have two people that I go to. And it's, this was so crazy to me when you said this and you, you text them or you call them and you're like, can you remind me yeah. of 
what was it? Can you remind me of who I am or what you love yeah. about me? Right. Or something like when you're down because you need that. And it's, that's so weird. To me. Like not weird, but it's so, I would never do that before. It's you know? foreign. Yeah. It's foreign. Not, not weird. Yeah. It's foreign. Yeah. Yes. Foreign. That's yeah. a much better word. Um, But it's so, and I'm starting to surround myself with more, I've always had close friends. Like I have two or three really close friends from college, but we're always, you know, it's good to have surround yourself with those people that are like, I get it. I'm going through it. You know, like just to have real talk with. Yeah. Can I ask you guys? So you guys found each other through sub two and the no. Avengers master. Oh no. It was an Avengers. I joined her. She thought sub two is a cult. She's like, what is this cult? She was like, clever, the clever summer okay. in Vegas. And all of sub two with their hats are just yeah. like, she's like, what? I I made her yeah. drink the Kool-Aid. I brought her into the cult. That's what she calls it. So you guys, so you guys met through at Clever? No. So this or is at the master or at the so Avengers. We both Avengers, were at Clever yeah. and we didn't know each other. I didn't know yeah. anybody at Clever. Okay. I wasn't even in this. This was exactly one year ago next week. So this can oh. kind of show how much time can change. We were both at Clever. We both joined the Avengers. Cody Sperber pitched his mastermind. Right. And I'm like, F it. I'm going all in. Love it. Um, and then I had posted. I'm like, if I'm going to pay this much money, they had a Facebook page. I'm like, for the, they have three events that you go to. Mm -hmm. We run the first one to Boston. And I was like, if anybody wants to hang out, this was putting myself out there on the Facebook page. I'm like, this is when I'm coming in. Here's my phone number. Let's talk. And Jen, I had internet on the airplane. She had internet on the airplane and we're flying there. And then she's like, hey, I'm interested. And then we started texting each other. Wow. And then we landed at the same time. And she's like, hey, you want to get a cab? And it was just, kind of, we really bonded. We bonded fast over, we're both super driven. We both have kids the same age. And there's just, yeah. there's, you know, we, that's kind of how we hit it off. That's how we met. And then I was okay. like, you need yeah. to drink some too. No, so so <laughs> what, the reason why I want to ask, and Jennifer, I'd love to hear a little bit from from you about like how you even were like, oh yeah, I'll re I know I'll reach out to this stranger. Like, what what led you to to want to do that too? Yeah, so our like my whole intention of joining Avengers was to expand my U.S. network because of all, everything we're already doing in Canada. It's a goal to get into the U.S. market, get my E2 visa, and basically share my time between the states and Canada. So yeah, when she posted that, I was like, oh okay, like, and I think I had. I can't remember. I think on a Zoom, like we had gone through kind of, and she had said she was a mom to two kids and that sort mm. of stuff. So then when she posted, I was like, oh, okay, like we have that in common. So yeah, when she posted and we were landing at the same time, I was like, what's the worst that can happen? Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So I can I dig a little bit deeper too, like for both of you? <laughs> yeah. So like what what so because the thing is is that like I've often talked about this too, like were Jennifer, Jennifer, are you in your forties? No. Okay. Not yet. Okay. So Carly, Carly and I are in our young forties. Um, but it's like when you're, when you're a little bit older, we're not college students per se, right? Like not per se, we're not college students at all. And it's like, <laughs> and it's like, it's really hard to make friends. And even with a nine, almost 9,000, you know, member strong community in sub two, right. it's so hard to make friends. So my question is, 
um, it's not just that you reached out. Like this is what I'm trying to convey to people that might be listening is it, it took intentionality. Carly took the intentionality of making a post. You took the int intentionality and the risk of like, okay, hopefully she's not a, you know, psychotic person. Um, and you reached back out, right? You found some common ground, but common ground doesn't necessitate and it doesn't actually define the strength of a relationship. Right. So the thing right. that I actually want to want to highlight, um, because I don't know, is like what made you feel that for for both of you guys, like what made you feel like Jennifer's personality and there's a vibe to her that I really like. And it's X, Y and Z. And like Carly's vibe and part of her personality is something that I really enjoy. And like and, and therefore I want to invest my time into her. Right. Because if we're talking about real estate investments. Right. We're always talking about like. ROI, right? Return on investment, right? Mm -hmm. Our time is incredibly valuable. The fact that we have children and the fact that we want to pursue entrepreneurship and real estate. So what was it about each of you guys that you were like, I want to invest more of my time because I believe I can get an ROI on it. I think that came with time though. That definitely wasn't for sure in the cab or anything like that, like through the events. And then, you know, we, we had each other's phone numbers and we started talking more about, you know, the ups and downs of just like being a mom and trying to do this. And, you know, when we were at the events, how hard it was to be away from our kids and mm. how much our kids just wanted us to stay and, you know, just all of those emotions. And I think our relationship and friendship just grew really naturally over time. And then in the last few months, it was like, okay, like we can't be the only two that are feeling like this. And people started reaching out to me on my Instagram, people are reaching out to Carly. And it's like, there's no, there's no one really like talking about the struggles of how hard it is to do what we're doing with little kids, right? Or with, you know, kids in general. So it just kind of kept growing and we kept talking about challenging each other. And then, you know, those outside perspectives have been helpful as well to people being like, what do you need proof of concept? You're already doing it. Like you're, you're doing it. People are following your journey. You've already done it. Just do it. And it's like, okay. Right. <laughs> yeah. And exactly. And what, and I, I echo all of what Jennifer said. Um, but also what in addition to is I saw her drive. She is, mm. has no, what I had also admired about her, which I want to be like as well, is two things. She has an insatiable drive. She started in real estate two years, three years ago, and she yeah. can raise a million dollars with a Zoom. She's got several doors. She's a developer. Like It's just like mind-blowing how fast she's gone Thank was you. one thing that I was just like, holy shit, this woman is on a fast track, and I, I want what she's, what she's got. Um and also I admire in her, which is she is so confident in who she is hmm. and she's unapologetic about it. And I'm like, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm happy. Let's make everybody happy. And I'm, and she and Jasmine both are like, you can be nice and still stand in your truth. Hmm. It's not one or the other. So I feel hmm. like, um, in addition to what Jasmine, or I mean, what Jennifer said, um, that is also where I'm like, this woman's got something. She's got, I love it. She's got a fire. In her. I love it. <laughs> no, I love it. So, so what I want to highlight though, right? Cause again, it's like when you're adults, um, trying to make friends, it's, 
it can be difficult. I don't want to say it's hard. It can be difficult. So what I heard in the process of you guys becoming good friends is some level of like vulnerability and risk, right? You making the post, Jennifer responding, right? And it's like, you're recognizing each in each of your own selves, you recognized you had a need and you asked for help. You reached out Carly. Yes. And Jennifer reciprocated right? That's a huge part of just the process of making friends is reciprocation. Uh And Jennifer, I heard you say, um, what I heard you say was vulnerability, right? Like that's another, that's another part of the recipe, right? Of of friendships is vulnerability. And like, you never would have felt that connection had you guys not shared vulnerably your struggles because a lot of times guess what it's like like i I always joke about this like oh my gosh the weather it's so hot yeah it's hot (laughs) where i live too oh my gosh like what are you guys doing in the summertime or the winter time and you literally and it's like there is a time and a place for small talk i get it like i think some people aren't comfortable doing like the really deep dive conversations like maybe i would want you know to but and that's totally fine i'm not judging that right because a lot of people i hate small talk and it's like but sometimes people need it and it's okay. So I'm, a, yeah. I'm fine talking about weather for a very limited amount of time. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's like, you guys were sharing vulnerably, like, Oh, I'm struggling with this. Like, Oh my gosh, I am too. I thought I was alone in this. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's, I'm just trying to kind of highlight, like that's part of the process too, is, is vulnerability asking for help and reciprocation. Like those are really key factors as it relates to building strong connections um, in, in relationships moving forward. And it requires intentionality because in addition to you guys empathizing with each other, you still felt like, okay, well, Carly's like, I really admire Jennifer. Like I want to reach out to her more. I want to learn about what she's doing. I want to cheer her on. Right. And then like, and then you're, you're, you're receiving, Carly's receiving benefit from Jennifer because she's like, oh, she's doing all these things. I'm learning from her. And Jennifer is receiving the support of her friend also. Right. And then like what, obviously what would happen is that then Jennifer would want to pour back into car. You know what I mean? Like, so right. I'm just, I'm just highlighting these things because I, I feel like a lot of times people don't know really how to navigate friendships. And they're like, I reached out and no one responded. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. But it's like, there's 9,000 people in the community, like keep going. Yeah. It's I'm not, like, it's not I'm back to what you were saying about the yeah. no, right? right. Like yes. Carly and I talked about this the other day when I was first starting in real estate investing hearing no from financial financial institutions, mm. right? Because yeah. we were growing so quickly that of course we got a lot of no's. And at first yeah. I'm like, oh my God, why do they hate me? Yeah. What, what have I done? What did I yeah. do wrong, right? <laughs> right? But then we're just like working through it to find those brokers and everything that are, you know, more real estate investor friendly focused and are saying right. yes and stuff, right? So I think that's where like Carly says the confidence came from is that it just, you just have to keep searching. like. Just that one person might not be it for you, right? But there's billions of people out there, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, how do you capitalize on it, right? And like, how do you kind of conduct yourself? Um, But really, it's like you kind of just lead with what you value too, right? And so it's like you guys led, you guys both led with that vulnerability, right? And like an empathy and all that stuff. So I just wanted to kind of like, because again, it's just like we like pro like just when you live life and you're just everything is autopilot. You're like, how did you do that, right? Like, I just wanted to highlight that because I think that you guys have a cool friendship. You guys are doing this podcast, and it's like 
we can all have this if we put intentionality into it. Yes. And yes. that's exactly why we're doing this podcast because we were in Arizona at one of the events and she's like, Oh God, it was just, it was tough getting out. My daughter had da da da. And I'm like, I know my daughter doesn't want anybody but me, you know? And so we kind of bonded over that. And it's like, it's such like you go to these events and it's so many men and there's nothing wrong with men. This is for men and women, but there's nothing, there's no one that's like, I feel like that's why I love Laura and sub too, because she mm. has, she brings that. She's like a badass. She's a mom. Like she knows her shit. Like, and you, there are those conversations that sometimes guys have their wives at home to do this and they take on the emotional or mm. what is it? The mental load of the kids and stuff. And so we're like, we need more women at the table and they, we, they need a place to know that what they're feeling is normal and to not commiserate, but just to have real talk. Like we're not just about like showing like yeah. Look how beautiful and filtered I am and how perfect my life is. Like sometimes life sucks and you come home from the grocery store and you throw the groceries in the bag in the refrigerator <laughs> because you're like not dealing with that. Now I have two screaming kids. Everybody's needs to go to bed. You know, it's just like the real raw shit. Yeah. Excuse my French. <laughs> and the, another reason why I love that you guys are creating this podcast is, um, women, there has been a stereotype and even Pace has mentioned it in the stereotype, um, in the sub two Facebook group too, that, or in sub two that, um, Previously, there was like a women, a women's only kind of subgroup within sub two, and it didn't thrive because what stereotypically sometimes what happens when you get a group of women, um, you know, in the same group is that there's bickering, something happens mm -hmm. and, and it's like, we become very catty and, oh, did you hear so-and-so did this and that, right? And the, like... And then it, it, and so the problem though, is that become, it's like, we become our own worst enemies to each other. And that's the last thing that we should be doing. Absolutely. And Jennifer, I love that your last name is champion because we should be championing each, each other. Yeah. Isn't that right? the best name? It is. It's like the, it's like, if I, yeah, it's like boss. It's so it's good. Boss my boss. husband took it. <laughs> yeah. I just learned that. Really? She's like, she yeah. got married and she's like, I'm keeping my name and my kids are going to have my last name. And if you want it, you can. I love that. It wow. was Champion or Lucas. Like, sorry. <laughs> yeah, that is Such amazing. Awesome that is really cool. And it's amazing that your your husband. I mean, I'm I'm not saying anything about my husband in like you know anything about the that part of it. But it's like that's really cool that your husband was down to do that, right? Like, it's 100%. that's not very common, right? Because when you think about like lineage and legacy, yeah. it's like, yes, you know, and he's like, the only male in his family, so that last. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love that you guys are starting this and I love that you're, you're wanting to elevate and highlight other women and champion, you know, yeah. their own journey. And so I appreciate like that. I appreciate so much that, that you're allowing me to have a voice in highlighting what I do, what I've been doing. Um, and it's like, I, this is really what is so important is in an industry that is very male dominated, um, by numbers, not by what, by actions, let me just highlight, is that, mm -hmm. is that, um, that we, we need to continue to celebrate and champion and cheer on other women that mm -hmm. are doing the things or trying to, 
Like I just, it's, we, it's such a hard world that we live in because everyone's criticizing everything and like our families and our friends and all this stuff. And it's like, we need to actually like come together even more to cheer each other on and support each other. And it's like the thing that, that is really challenging, right? When, again, when, when I talk about awareness is that the, at the root of women not cheering each other on and becoming patty, becoming catty and becoming, um, you know, critical and judging each other is that I, I think I actually I posted this and um, Carly, I think I talked to you about this is like, mm-hmm. I posted this story that Brene Brown was talking about where she was like, um, resentment is not actually anger. Resentment is actually envy. Right. So like when you're upset at someone, you know, and you're resentful of them doing something, it actually is envy because you're like, I want to do what they're ha- doing and having mm-hmm. and I don't have it. And so what it, what happens is that instead of taking a look deeper in, in into yourself and understanding like, well, what is it that I'm feeling that doesn't make me or allow me to do those things? It's like, because the inner work is, is so much harder than, so it's easier to be like, well, I hate you. You're, well, you think you're better than, right? And I'm like, that's why I just have a lot of compassion for when people are judgmental. Cause I'm just like, they hate themselves inside. And I don't wish that upon anyone. Yes. Right. So it's hard to have compassion. I think that also though yeah. says a lot about you that you can have compassion for people that are judgmental. But, but you too. do, you teach the compassion to your kids, Carly. Yes. Yes. Your kid got most thoughtful or something like that. And that's the intentionality of what you're doing. So it, it's, I think it's easier to extend compassion more than one things, right? But it's like where that comes from. And oh, here's another great book for like kids um, is How Full Is Your Bucket? It's a children's book. Yeah. And it, and it talks about really like um, there's like a whole book series about sort of the idea of a bucket and like that when you, when kids, yeah, I think it's called helpful is your bucket Um, that when you, that when you interact with people, right. And it's like our interactions have um, a cause and effect. And so when my, when one of my sons is mean to the other son, it's like, we're like, that actually is emptying their bucket, right? And it's like, but if you're constantly focusing on like, well, like, you know, I want to fill someone's bucket and like, I want my bucket to be filled. Well, how how would you expect your bucket to be filled? Then you have to fill other people's bucket, right? Mm-hmm. And if your bucket is empty, then you're likely going to lash out and, you know, be upset at someone because your bucket is empty, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like looking at that first and saying, hmm, like what's going on here, right? Like I just need to take a step back. And so- um, it is easier to externalize, but that's my point, right? Is that like, look at what is the, is the process of it too, is that when you externalize your own pain, it actually is a self-sabotaging behavior because you're lacking what you ultimately want, which is connection and compassion. Yes. Yes. So I am talking so a lot cool. and it's like really I above. Say, I, feel like you can go on I know I'm sorry. Like, I love it. I do though. want to be mindful. Of <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your time. I appreciate no. So I won't thank you for letting thank me go. You. Thank long. you. This thank was you. so huge. I can't think of yeah. anybody better to be on here with. And what I would love, I, what I want to see for this podcast and everything is to bring all of us on, you know, like we're talking to each other in the comments, but it would be so cool to have like a round table of just talking like back and forth with a bunch of us because real talk, you know, like, um, what you bring is so valuable and so helpful. And we're so grateful. I know you're so busy 
And so thank, thank you. You, you guys are too, right? So it's like, I, I appreciate, I appreciate um, you letting me go extra long and sharing I, about things that I'm really passionate about. I'm not sorry. I'm grateful. Remember what we talked about too? <laughs> yes. But women are so like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And it's like, yeah. I am so Canadian grateful. Too. Thank you. Right. Thank you. Thank you so much for letting me go. Um, this thank long. you. We're grateful. We're doing thank it. You. We're so grateful for you. Jasmine says yeah. awesome podcast. I agree. Thank you. Um, and and we'll everyone, if you, and... you need to sign up for her magic, I'm telling you, she is just not like a Instagram coach. She's the real <laughs> deal. Um, Elena method. Dot com. com. I'll put it in here um, and follow her here. I'll take this down so you can see at Elena underscore method, follow her. Um, she is a phenomenal human being and I'm so happy to have to know you. I'm so thank grateful you. for you, both of you. So thank you. Thank you for doing this. I know it's, we're all busy. So I appreciate you both of you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you everyone for joining too. Um, yeah. Have Love a great you, day, everyone. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe to the podcast and share on your social channel. Make sure to tag us. And if you have time, leave us a review. We love reading them. If you would like to hear about a certain topic, let us know and we will make it happen. Remember, we're here to help you and support you on this journey. Here's to big goals, out of this world dreams, and changing your family's future.